and humble narrator, Buck Johnson. What's up, you guys? Welcome back once again. This is the Counterflow Podcast. I'm so happy to have your support and have you coming along here for the ride. So there's a few things I was thinking. I talk about the Patreon. If you could support this show, that you can do that at patreon.com slash counterflow. Something we have figured out. My producer and I have come to this great conclusion. Actually, it was his idea, so I'll give him the credit. For the $5 supporters and up, I will do a monthly Zoom call with all of you. We can talk about whatever we want, whatever you want, do Q&As. We can have a guest if that's what you want. And in fact, sometimes I will do that. These will not be podcast episodes. They will also not be on the YouTube page. So if you want to become a Patreon supporter of this show, do so at patreon.com, like I said, slash counterflow. $5 a month and up will get you monthly Zoom sessions with me and all the other people like yourself. We can have Q&As. I think it'd be a fun time. And uh, we'll see. We'll see where that gets us. So give that a shot. And as this episode drops, it's election day, election night, maybe. What's going to happen? Here's my prediction. A red wave. I do see that coming nationwide, probably most states, not most, but a lot of them. You know, I'd have to look at a chart and figure that part out. But a lot of the states, and again, like I said, certainly nationwide. As for my campaign, I don't know. People ask me, how's the campaign going? Man, it's hard to say. It's nonpartisan. It's in a small town and it's locally done. You know, it's just a city council campaign. It's not like we're having a series of debates. There's no commercials. There's no polling, all of that kind of stuff. I don't know. I could lose and I won't be surprised and I could win. And honestly, I think if I won, I'd be a little bit surprised, kind of like Trump was in 2016. The deal is, I've mentioned this before, there are two spots for the city council at-large position. There's three of us running. The other two are incumbents, and they were born and raised in Lockhart. I fully recognize that's a tough hill to climb, but we shall see. There was a thousand mailers that went out this past week to voters here in Lockhart of all demographics and vote options. You know, it wasn't just Republicans or anything like that. It went to a thousand people from a curated voting list. So we shall see. Did they like what they read on that flyer? Did they like what I did at the candidate forum? I don't know. (laughs) We shall see. Did my signs around town work? Because my opponents barely had any. One of them had zero as far as I saw. Again, we shall see. Next time I record for this show, I will either be a member of the Lockhart City Council or I will be a loser. (laughs) Both are very, very, very possible. We shall see. On to this show. I've been listening to William Ramsey Investigates for quite some time. I should give uh, my video producer, Bobby, some credit for that. He did turn me on to him. Really good stuff. And he's done this multi-part series on the jab. And he's calling it a bioweapon. In fact, let me also say this up front. If this episode basically kills my YouTube presence, so be it. It's highly possible. And, you know, sometimes I try to couch around certain terms and be safe with certain phrases that, you know, we're not allowed to say on YouTube. There's no point in doing that with this episode. We get right down to the meat and bones, the real nitty gritty of the situation. And I'm not disguising any of the words or using any phrases that are couched in disguise. This is the real deal. I'm talking to William Ramsey. Like I said, he believes the jab is a bioweapon. I get into why he thinks that, what his proof is. You know, that's a strong claim. So we got to approach it with skepticism and try to hit the facts involved in this and what he sees, even if I 
tend to lean towards agreeing with them, right? You don't ever want to just have an echo chamber. So I try to get some great information out of him. Let's see what you think. I can tell you his show is damn good. William Ramsey investigates. He's an attorney, author, researcher, and a graduate of the University of California. He's out there in California. Can you believe how this guy does this? I don't get it, but he's able to do it. He also has a JD and is a member of the State Bar of California. He's written Prophet of Evil, Aleister Crowley, 9-11 and the New World Order, Abomination, Devil Worship and Deception in the West, Memphis Three Murders, Children of the Beast, Aleister Crowley's Shadow over Humanity and Global Death Cult, The Order of Nine Angels. I think just that list alone was going to make you think, I'm interested to see what Mr. William Ramsey has to say, and I will make you wait no longer. William Ramsey, welcome to the show, sir. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for the invite. Great to be here. Yeah, man. I'm glad to have you here. Well, you do a lot. Author, documentary filmmaker, investigative journalist. So I guess we'll start with an intro that you can give my listeners any of that that you want. You can avoid any of that. Really, whatever you think that they'll find pertinent as far as what we're doing and we're going to talk about. I was just kind of a lawyer. I got burnt out. You know, I was in D.C. for three years, so I had a lot of kind of more insider experience. I'm very familiar with some of the people you see on TV all the time, particularly about COVID. Mm. On a personal level, actually. So I kind of was, I went back to California, and it was always kind of railing against the corporate media. So I kind of, I think my sensibilities were definitely more egalitarian. I always went to state schools. I wasn't one of the kind of rich kids. So... I think that that's kind of what led me to write my books and just kind of ease my way into becoming an investigative journalist, really, because I was talking about things a lot of people were not talking about. I tried and still tried to focus on subjects that maybe aren't as popular subjects in the alternate media. Mm -hmm. So that led me to write five books, five documentaries, and then I'm almost at about 800 episodes on my podcast. So I've been busy. So I interview other people, too. But I, I, you know, I just kind of follow whatever subjects are going on. Like, uh, at least like I really got started with this whole COVID thing after reading Died Suddenly News on Facebook. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. that's kind of what started that whole series on the bioweapon and really looking into not what the government was telling me was happening, but other people who were what could be called the heterodox community. I mean, people who disagree with kind of the government line. Mm -hmm. So it's been very interesting the dissident voices, if you will, yeah. on, on the, that narrative for sure. But it often turns out that we're, we're, in a, we're dissident against a lot of the voices, uh, excuse me, the narratives. When 2020 first started, this is always interesting to get people's thoughts because we all, I don't know, kind of came at it from different directions possibly. But when it first started and, and as you heard and saw a little bit more of these little details creeping out about covid what were your initial thoughts as to what you were hearing? Were you immediately skeptical? Or at first, you know, some of us were like, geez, maybe this is crazy. I don't know. Should we lock down? What were your initial thoughts on this whole thing? I kind of bought the, I bought everything. I thought that it was really going to be bad. And it looked bad on TV or the information that even I was seeing in the alternate media. But I didn't know how, what they had in store. You know, I didn't see the long-term kind of plan. Now I kind of see it as like a big business plan rollout for big pharma and for yeah. the tyrants to take more power. But back then I didn't. I didn't really buy some of the earlier kind of pandemic stuff. I had gone through the AIDS crisis in the 80s when I was still in high school. Mm -hmm. But I wasn't really part of that. You know, the fear was there though. Like all the fear and things like that were very similar to being in COVID as well. 
But I, I thought it was going to be bad. But now you kind of see a lot of how the story changed and how things were shaped. And so I'm much more skeptical now than I was in 2020. Because I was sick. I actually got the sickest I ever had in my life was January 2020. Oh. Where I was wiped out. Yeah, I was wiped Early out on. From, from something that was very not like a flu. Yeah. Like I was literally laid out for a whole week on my side. So I never thought really I was going to die, but like I had a cough that wouldn't quit mm-hmm. and just other things going on with my body. When I was done with that, it took me about a week or two to heal. Like I had trouble walking up a flight of stairs, which was wow. very unusual for me. So I had something happened. And I, I don't even know if we have the full story now. I actually was reading today about a guy who said that there are two viruses that got out, that there was actually kind of like maybe even a release of multiple things that the governments aren't telling people that all these other pathogens got out. But I was I was laid out in January. And actually, I talked to other people who had that experience where they had some of the sickest they'd ever been was yeah. right around that time, which Same. was October 2020. Did, were you sick around that too? I wasn't, but I've heard that from other friends. Well, man, yeah. I had, you know, because that sounds so early to me. I got it in, ironically enough, Independence Day weekend of 2020. But I remember talking this now since then, people... Man, I had it in January and I thought, well, that seems, and I've spoken to a man who had it in December, you know, prior. And it's like, dang, I didn't, I don't think I knew what it was at that point. And they said, well, me neither, but I felt pretty much as bad as I've ever felt in my entire life. And then I don't know if it just works its way through. Again, I'm not a virologist, but I, by the time I got it in July of 2020, I had to stay home from work. So I was just making podcasts and reading and, and not tasting my food. And, and that was the weirdest mm-hmm. part. So you did lose the total taste and smell. Something was going yeah. around. Like I really, people say, oh, there's no virus or there's no. There was something, yeah. But something was going around the system. I don't know what it was, but yeah, I was I was actually like, I mean, it was pretty graphic, but I was, I was in bad shape. I was in terrible shape. I didn't really know how bad it was because nothing had kind of gone on into the media, you know, any type of media mm-hmm. that something was going around. They just talked about, I think maybe it was like, there was a hint of something going on, like, oh, something's happening. But I don't think it had really hit the media yet. But yeah. Not to any serious extent. Yeah. And did maybe the the fact that you felt so terrible once they did start trickling some details out and you, maybe you thought, well, this is going to be really bad. I know I felt the worst I've ever felt in my life. And then you see these propaganda videos out of China where everyone just piled up in the streets and all of these things. And it seems legitimate at the time. Yeah, there were incredible, incredible videos. I mean, they must have been really well done because there were some were that involved tons of people. You know, like I remember seeing the Chinese hospital videos that were just packed full of people. So they, if, if those were fake, they were really well done because they were just panic in the streets type stuff. But it's interesting to look back at that time. I, I didn't know. expect to be locked down for no. years. I didn't ex- really expect any of that or anticipate that, that that was going to be it. And I kind of just went along with it. Like, okay. And you're in California. So you were locked down much longer. I'm in Texas. So it was five or six weeks here and then back open. And I'm a firefighter, by the way. So I was never unable to work. I had to, which made me lead, it led me to this thought, like, how dangerous is this if I still have to go to work? But let's say my wife who owns a salon can't. And I understood that a normal person would go, well, we have to have you. We don't have to have a salon owner. But if it's so deadly, I just go and, you know, I do risk my life for the public. So I'm not saying that I don't, but it seemed something didn't click for me at that point. Like, really? So 
construction workers, some can, some can't. Garbage men, sometimes, okay, that's needed. But a pastor or a priest, mm-mm, not so much. Seemed weird. Yeah, while well, the alcohol stores are all open, right? Yeah, so here in California, they had church actually in LA, I'm in LA, that they wouldn't let it open. I think they actually wanted judgment, at least from the state of California or something like that. But yeah, you could go make sure you had enough booze, but you couldn't yeah. go to church, which is, that should have been a huge warning sign, you know, yeah. looking back. Yeah. I didn't understand the full politics. Like, I mean, I think, didn't Florida stay open the whole time? They were closed about maybe just a length shorter than Texas, not much. It was it was because it always seemed, being here in Texas, why can't we have DeSantis? He's always like the first one. And then Abbott goes, okay, me too. And so he kind of would follow the lead of DeSantis. Interesting. Yeah, it's pretty interesting that these different states are handling things different ways. So I think that should tell everybody. Yeah. There had to have been a moment where you thought, okay, this isn't what I initially thought. There's some evil going on here. When was that? What were your first thoughts? Like, wait a second, this is crazy. I think it was people who took the shot and then got sick. People who've taken the shot and got sick. When they said it was safe and effective, Mm -hmm. it's not effective. And then, so that kind of made me very curious. But, you know, the whole transference of wealth upwards was very telling too. Like, how was this happening? Why are you shutting down small businesses? But Costco and these other businesses can stay open. So all the small guys got knocked out. And then the printing of money, like there was just something creepy. And then Gates is a creep. So yeah. you see Gates on TV, like why Who's who's? Why is this guy running anything? Mm-hmm. And then I read more about Fauci. I didn't know as much about Fauci's past. Like he's a monster. Mm-hmm. Literal child killer. Like they're going to start killing kids within a, you know, a couple months once this whole thing gets added to the vaccine schedule, which is already... Monstrosity. I was familiar with the whole vaccine schedule. Like I didn't have my children vaccinated. They don't have any autism or anything like that. So they didn't get that whole early schedule. Thank God. Mm -hmm. But I wouldn't even call these things vaccines. A lot of them are just total snake oil garbage, which I really see very clearly now, which I didn't see clearly before. Yeah, a lot of these vaccines aren't even effective. When they're throwing in the hepatitis C, Mm -hmm. the thing that should make everybody kind of stand up straight because that's like super unnecessary. It's an unnecessary exposure. And I think looking even at this, I mean, that's kind of, it kind of led me to that. But going back to your original question, where did things really start getting? And once I was able to kind of read, but it was probably farther into the whole thing, 21. Okay. Late 2021 is really when I got really more suspicious when it didn't end. Like, when is this going to end? Right. And it's still right. not, they're still trying to push it on. Yeah, This new bivalent booster is done under the EUA, Emergency Youth Authorization. And you hear those other, I mean, I'm very courageous, these other doctors who came out, Malone, McCullough, yeah. Kirati, some of these other characters who really had a lot of courage to come out and, and oppose and say something else is going on. And they were influential to me, their conversations. We'll see how long this episode's able to stay up on the old YouTube, but the heck with it. I'm you know, I got to be honest, we got to use the right terms. You know, sometimes I try to couch them and I can do that. But when we're talking about what we're going to talk about, you know, I understand this is a risk. But I want to talk about the jab because you're doing this series on your podcast that I think is awesome. And I think we're at number 10 so far, but it's called the Bioweapon Blues, I believe. And I guess first I'll ask you only because I'm assuming you've had pushback. I don't know. But bioweapon, that's a strong term. Pretty strong. Yeah. Well, I think why? that the way to fix people 
is a very strong, I think it's intentional. I'm on that point, but they're putting something in there other than some saline and, you know, a virus that's been cut in half. I really think that something sketchy is going on. You can look at some of these, why certain batches are stronger than the others. Like there's, that's inexplicable. Why certain regions are getting hit. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's almost like something from a James Bond movie or something where it seems like there's selective implementation of certain toxins on certain people. And I think the way, way it affects the human body is going to be totally... It's we haven't seen the damage all the way yet, whether right. on reproduction and things like that and people who are sterilized. So yeah. I think that that's it. Like the way that it's designed, it's not just causing one thing. It's right. causing different systemic problems. Brain, arteries, heart, kidneys, reproductive, which to me... It's very telling. It's not just like one thing. I think it's really intended to not be as obvious. Like, oh, mm -hmm. you just came down with cancer. And that's right. a whole other thing that's going to come down. It's like these statistical averages, people far more mathematically skilled than myself are saying that these are like the statistical averages of cancer are going to be off the charts. They're like eight sigma. So it's eight standard deviations from the mean, prior mean of people getting these illnesses. So. That's why I use that term. Yeah, the thing that worries me about that is that those things like cancer and the results of possibly from this jab won't manifest themselves for possibly five years or something like that to where people might forget about. And it's going to go, wow, there's been a spike in cancer. Look at that. This has to be, maybe it's global warming or some kind of climate change like that. And then the narrative can keep shifting down the road. It's very scary. And actually walk it back to think about this book. What if this is just one shot I know. In, a, in a long series of shots that have taken place over decades where they've been juicing them too, mm -hmm. right? Your flu shot may not just be flu. They may have been putting out the... I mean, it's a witch's brew inside these shots. Ethylene glycol is what we know. And other people have run them through these microscopes and found really strange stuff. But imagine what they've been doing over time. That's what really should scare you is that the whole... There's some kind of secret agenda between the whole vaccination schedule. Yeah. That's resulted in illnesses, early deaths, cancers, new diseases, autoimmune system. Speaking of the vaccine schedule, you read a stat on one of your episodes and I can almost remember. And it has to do with, I think the, obviously you and I are both born before 1989. But I think before that 89 is kind of this weird mark of delineation where prior to that, there was maybe, I don't know, five vaccines or something like that. Now there's right. ridiculous amounts, like 21 72 or, something. or something. Is this, no, we're is it that 70s. many? Yeah. And, I can and, actually pull that up because you can do, they just have this big thing that happened October 19th and 20th, 2022, where they added this shot to the kids vaccine schedule, yes, but they right. went through the list of the other vaccines that they okayed before they okayed that. And it's, I think it's 72. My God. It's really and crazy. There's some kind of stat about chronic disease or something along those lines prior to 89 when it was just maybe five or something like that. And then post 89, I think prior it was... 20% of the population had some type of chronic issue or chronic disease and past 89, post 89, it was 50. That's right. off the that's top a of my Robert, head, but That's from the Robert F. Kennedy information. Okay. I think that was a video I played from Robert F. Yes, Kennedy, who's correct. the author of the real Anthony Fauci yeah. book. And there's a documentary as well. Okay. Two-part documentary, just for people who are listening. But yeah, I think that came from Robert F. Kennedy, so he knows that. I'm going to go out on a limb and, and guess that most of my listeners feel similar to you and I on the jab for certain. If 
not some of the other vaccines, but is there anything off the top that you can think, you know what, this is this crazy thing that I found out that's pertinent to this current jab that most people, even when you're against it, may not know. Is there something like completely shocked you? Well, it's been tested on only eight mice, right? So they put it out in this bivalent thing and they want you to get your flu shot and this new jab together, which they haven't tested. So you are the test. You're the guinea pig. Mm -hmm. Even humanity has just done undergone a massive guinea pig. It's not funny. Massive guinea pig test. And these are very irresponsible, very dark actors. I didn't know how dark Fauci was, but I would say that that would be my primary. I think a lot, some people know about the eight mice tested. Yeah. But that's what I would say is very dangerous. And also these new data that came out within the last month about Walensky, who knew about the dangers, knew people were being injured and still caught on TV and said it was safe. And I'm like, she's a total liar. She is very evil. And so is Fauci. There's a claim, of course, that I think people that I actually know who have been jabbed will still say, and I I don't know if this has been disproven or not. So I'll, I'll give this to you and see what you would respond with it is I understand it's an experimental vax, quote unquote vax. I get that it could be dangerous down the road, but COVID's dangerous and it made my COVID less bad when I got it. So you see these, it's almost a meme now on Twitter. Hey, I've got COVID. Thank goodness I was jabbed or it'd be much worse. Thank you for your thoughts or whatever. What is your response to that? You've brought the propaganda. Welcome yeah. to mind control. Because there's, there's, really, this is a huge information war. It's yes. the most intense information war probably since 9-11. So they really plotted and planned it out. And they really got intelligent people. They got McKinsey, who is a business consultant, really the rest of the brightest. I had a friend who worked there. He's a total genius. Like really at the top of his class, I think he was second in his class business school, Berkeley, to work there. So they got them to get this kind of vaccine hesitancy, get over that. Yeah. Why you should, and you can actually go back and just type in McKinsey COVID. They're, they're, they're totally getting the smartest people. So somebody hired out to them. They hired out to Cass Sunstein. And you should read Cass Sunstein stuff. This is a Harvard professor, but he's talking about not social engineering. It's about how they tricked people into it and tricked people out of it. So I think that the people who think that it's lesser, they're very fortunate, hopefully, that it's lesser and they don't have any long-term problems. Mm-hmm. But they always pushed this vaccine from the beginning. There were no alternate therapies, no alternate drugs. Hydroxychloroquine and yeah. ivermectin were belittled viciously, yeah. knowingly. And there's been emails about from Fauci saying, we got to go after this. Or, yes. And he just literally just said it on... The Colbert Report or Colbert yeah, late Colbert. night, like all ivermectin is worthless. But in other studies, there's 94% effectivity in early treatment. Right. And they've had that. They treated them and there's that called the Uttar Pradesh miracle where the very guy who was a politician against corruption said, we got to get this ivermectin to everybody. And they had a very low death rate. And you can see some of these other guys, Helen and is another guy, the death rates of a percentage are very different nation to nation. Mm-hmm. And it's based upon how they address the treatment. So I think that you can see the same thing. And I think I talked about this in, in one of my series is that the AIDS AZT is very similar to the COVID mm-hmm. shot. Mm-hmm. Whereas they said back then, oh, he's dying of AIDS when it may have been this treatment. And so when people think they're getting sick, sometimes it may just be the jab. Mm-hmm. 
or they may just be regularly sick because people get the flus or people get other things. And yeah. Some of these PCR tests are not. And they accurate. reclassified all that influenza and the COOF and all of this stuff. Well, I thought it's so they're, funny. They're fudging the data. There's Correct. clearly been busted fudging the data. There's a really good researcher called, and I've, talk, I've included him in the series, and it's the ethical skeptic. And he has proven conclusive. Yeah. This guy's a total like statistics nerd to his credit. Thank God people like him yeah, no are kidding. out there. But he's proven yeah. that they're switching things from one column to another. Mm -hmm. so, You're saying Fauci is evil and, and some of these people are evil. 100%. And just the thought, if they know some of this, and you mentioned in one of your episodes that you think you weren't set on 100% that Congress was exempt from taking this, which is, if that's true, that's, I mean, oh my God. It's, it's a nuts. scandal. It's yeah. nuts. But do you see this? To me, I do. You're welcome to your own opinion, obviously, as, a, as something larger than just stupid or greedy or, I don't know, malintentioned politicians and NGOs. Does it seem like it could be a spiritual battle on a larger scale? I think so. I think there's an element to it that's just part of the same agenda of 9-11, hmm. which I didn't really proceed before. But I think it's, it's that original thing of population control, yeah. uh, the new serfdom, neo-serfdom. Something I talked about with Crowley, too. I think my book, Prophet of Evil, is actually very pertinent to the COVID event, which I may not have seen before. But I did kind of put something at the very end of that book, Prophet of Evil, that they'll use vaccines in the future or mm -hmm. shots. Just kind of about, it was really a general discussion about the New World Order. So I think that that's part of it. And so I think these guys are, are puppets and you don't really know the real yeah. Rules, but you can see that agenda going from the Rockefeller Foundation to the Gates Foundation. You can see what the Rockefeller Foundation has done and the Rockefeller family has done in the past and Gates is carrying on. And there was actually a really interesting quote that I saw where somebody from the Gates Foundation said, everywhere we turned up, the Rockefeller Foundation was already there. So they're almost mm. just carrying on the same agenda. And you can go into Gates' family, his pedigree, all those things and how he was brought up. I mean, we Planned Parenthood. Oh, so, so I didn't even know this. Oh, yeah. So Bill Gates' dad was the head of Planned Parenthood. Okay. And so Planned Parenthood is kind of like uh, a nice, pretty cover subject for flat-out eugenics and population. Depopulation. Control. It's always depopulation. Part, partially depopulation, yeah. Yeah, it always comes up. I was just speaking on this in my last episode. Why is it always population control and depopulation? You see it in everything that these elites, you can go back decades now, and it always has that. You can actually go back through the centuries and most of these, a lot of these ruling families and ruling classes are very interested in maintaining power. Mm -hmm. So they're usually involved in some type of population control or concerned about the population, keep them under their thumb, whether through boogeymen or scare tactics or that's the enemy over there on the other hill. Mm -hmm. And there's times in the past where there's been mass population control. I think the last crusade, like Crusade Six was actually a big scam by the elites in Europe to get the excess population out of there. And a lot of them died on the way to the Holy Land, but it was a flat-out population release. Like, they wanted to get all the poor people out of Europe. Mm -hmm. And so th these go back to, in time. And if you back, go back through, yeah, I mean, a lot of, yeah, it's not pretty. But yeah, I think that that's, I think there's a population control. And I think it, this event yeah. is just one in the long decades-long population reduction effect. So the blowing up, whoever blew up the Georgia Diet Guidestones, 
Yeah. That's really something else. And that ties in actually, if you watch my Prophet of Evil documentary, I go into the monolith, the mm-hmm. whole monolith structure and why that's very important, very Masonic, very occult, and shows up at 9 11, mm-hmm. 2001 A Space Odyssey with Stanley Cooper, who knew yep. the occult through Arthur C. Clarke. Okay. Arthur C. Clarke was heavily Masonic, so he understood Masonic numerology, Crowley and numerology as well. So that's part of the occult, right? So yeah. that's the whole kind of occult thing. And yeah, I think that I think it, there is something very sinister. I think it's just kind of like that we're in a kind of a sinister days of Noah, yeah. moving towards the end of the world age. And mm. so you're going to see these upheavals. And I think that these shots were part of the malevolent kind of sinister death cult, cold the masses and maintain control. I mean, it's kind of like the same thing that happened. I mean, I wrote Global Death Cult, and it didn't apply to this this event, but the mentality of you want to get rid of people you don't like that the Nazis had and this ONA has, I think is probably the same as what's happening now. I think in time, if people are perceptive, you're going to find out that certain people were targeted. Like certain mm. people got the bad back. Mm. And we don't know who that, because look at all the politicians who, who survived. Yeah. Like not too many, I don't know one politician who dropped or maybe one had a child who died, but I haven't heard of it. Why doesn't have any of these old people who were supposedly the most yeah, vulnerable. at risk? Why haven't they, right. why haven't they died? Right. Right. Or hastened their end. It hasn't yeah. happened, but there's been like families annihilated. And that's really the important of that died suddenly news is that. Mm-hmm. Those people are on the ground. I don't think any of them are really lying. Who wants to tell that lie? Right. But they're saying uncle, aunt, son, you know, in-law, all hurt or harmed or one way or another. So brutal. It's going to be very interesting how this how this plays out. They really, that's why they had to shut down Died Suddenly News off of Facebook. Yeah. Because people were starting to come together and starting to do their own statistics and notes. Like, oh, so where are you? Where are you right. staying? Right. Where do you live? They're starting to ask those important, very important questions that the tech fascists really don't want them. And you're really into a digital fascist yeah. state. I mean, I think that the, the last, I mean, it, this whole event ties into the stolen election too. There's no mm. question in my mind that they, the corrupt American administration, this wouldn't have happened under maybe a better, more well-meaning administration. Mm-hmm. But Joe, Joe, the two people, the president and the vice president, are ding dongs. I mean, mm-hmm. she's a total diversity hire. I mean, she's a total yes. lady. She has, yeah. she has the gravitas of like a third grade school teacher. Yeah, stunning. Like I'm, I'm like you're sitting around with world figures. You, you have no yeah. idea about geography, right? But it's yeah. not money. It's terror. I'm terrified. So it anyway. is nuts. Do you remember her explanation of Russia and Ukraine? Yeah, yeah it was. It sounded like someone coached her that thought. She's so unintelligent that I've got to speak with her about this like she's five. So I'm going to say Russia's a big country, Ukraine's and and she repeats this at a national, if, if not worldwide, news event. It's incredible. It was incredible. I'm watching it like in shock. Like, how did you get to this position? Being, yeah. Well, like, how did you go <laughs> up these things? Yeah. Well, you know. But yeah, I mean, it's really scary. Like she's a total idiot. She actually acts like she's I. Like yeah. when I watch her talk, I wonder if she's getting high during the day to yeah. get through the day. I'm, right. I'm not exaggerating. No, I, yeah, I agree. There's now, and it's especially alarming, just even after hearing some of the stuff we're talking about when you start to realize the depth of some of this evil. But there's this new narrative I've just seen this last week is, I think it started with the Atlantic magazine, that 
oh, we should maybe kind of move past these mistakes that were made during the COVID regime. And I think amnesty was one of the words used. And and let's just kind of forgive each other and all of this. And I'm an Orthodox Christian, so I get the forgiveness part. The amnesty and move on part, not so much without some, certainly without some repentance here. What are your thoughts? Have you seen that narrative floating around? Very what much are your, so. Okay, what are your thoughts on that? I think we need a full-scale investigation of everything and get the facts out that's yeah. not coming from the government. Right. It's not going to come from the D.C. I said this in multiple interviews or talks. It's going to come from the state governments. So you're going to get actual real facts, I hope, from the AGs and things like that. But I don't think there's this whole concept of amnesty, and I think that she actually came across with this kind of forgiveness message to play on the heartstrings of Christians. I think she deliberately came across that way. But... If we don't want this to happen again, we have to understand what just happened. Mm-hmm. So there needs, there's so many components of what happened over the last two years. There's the, what, yeah. what's really the our origin of COVID? What happened in these labs? Are you guys really doing gain-of-punch clinic? Right. What happened with these protocols in the hospitals? Why were you giving people remdesivir, which you knew killed half the people? Why did Fauci promote that? That's why I call him evil and a killer. A family annihilator. He's a monster. He's an absolute monster. It's worse than people think. I really mm-hmm. know. I understand mm-hmm. what he did because there's people that I knew. I had a friend of mine, a pastor who knew. I thought he died of COVID. And then I found out that Russ Dizdar was one of these victims in the, the protocols. They put him in there and tortured him to death. And the same thing happened to Rob Skiba. Like, and I'm kind of in the Christian community, kind of this alternate Christian community. I'd interviewed with Russ Dizdar, God bless his soul. But both of those guys I found later were part of these protocols. They put them in there, get them on the ventilator to get the cash. So the perverse incentives were set up. Who sent up those perverse incentives? Yeah. That's two. And I know two people who also died from that. It was Alex Stein's mom and then a guy who wrote, I just can't remember his name right now. Come through, but his brother died in the same happened. They gave him road death severe. From death severe. Yeah. That's two. So I have, what's wrong with COVID? What happened with the protocols? Why were other drugs not done? Obviously because they didn't make any money. Right. right. So why are these incentives to the new new drugs? How many people actually died of COVID? Because those numbers are fake. Yeah. So who actually died of that? And who was just already on the edge? I mean, I just had Fauci quote that 1,500 kids died. And that's why he has to give this, this shot to kids. But people who went back, there's another doctor who has a completely opposite view. Her name is Rose, who said that she went through and went through each one or somebody did and found out that those were all kids who weren't well. So if he's knowingly fudging those numbers and trying to come up with justifications to do this, it's even worse. Yeah. So that's another issue. Who actually died? And then why has it gone on for so long? How how are these EUAs? Why have so many all over the world people, governments paid for all of these doses that haven't been used? It's a huge scam. It's a huge scandal in the EU. $5 billion were spent and the uptake is so low. So why are you... Why are you spending all this extra money on the uptake? Like a crackhead has probably better financial skills than our whole government has been over the last three years, which is totally over. And that's one aspect of the overspend of the U.S. too, is that they bought a bunch of these things that people are not wanting to take. So there's a lot of questions. So I think this whole, going back to your question, amnesty, Mm -hmm. it's not even an issue. Yeah. Not even an issue. And they, they... they, we still have to get it down so solidified so people can know for certain what actually really happened because they've been lied to by so many people over so much of this stuff. So amnesty is not a question. I think that the, 
you don't really have a functioning military, but if there were military right. tribunals, that would be the optimal way. Just like Nuremberg. Mm-hmm. I mean, get the real facts. Like, this is life or death. You have to tell us the truth. What really happened? How much money have you made? We don't even, I mean, there's, we don't know things about Fauci. We don't even know what his conflicts of interest are or mm-hmm. if they are at all. What is he investments in? We don't know. How much did he make off remdesivir? Does he have a financial interest? Why does he have a financial mm-hmm. interest? It's unbelievable. We know that that was supported by Gates. Mm-hmm. But what's the correlation between him and Gates? You know, I mean, it's unbelievable that we don't know this stuff, but we've tolerated this stuff and we've allowed these people. And it's part of Trump too. So mm-hmm. uh, Trump and Biden. But, so amnesty, no way. What do you think? Do no. you think about yeah. no. I mean, I've got some thoughts on these people that I need to correct myself on that aren't completely, I suppose, Christian. But yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, not, the, same, I'm the same thing. I'm not for I mean, amnesty. My, we had to go see my brother. I had to go see my mom in an old folks home and talk to her from a balcony because that's what they said. Yeah. Eventually, we just said, this isn't worth it. Who cares if you're sick or not? We just got away from all those regulations and ignored them and nothing really happened. There's a play on human instinct now because we are past it and we are allowed <laughs> allowed to do stuff again, like work and play, et cetera, do your thing, get your haircut, get a margarita. That's one of the things that was thrown around here early on. But there's a reliance now that we can do that. Well, they'll forget. They'll forget what was going on. They'll forget that we tried to erase people. They'll forget that people were fired for just standing up for not wanting something in their body. They'll forget that suicide rates are up. They'll forget that weird athletes are dropping dead. They'll forget that, you know, now yesterday I saw in the news, this lady that wrote a book that was completely on the opposite side of you and I with this whole thing, making fun of anti-vaxxers and anti-maskers. She's triple jabbed, all of these things. And she died of a heart attack at 49. So while on one hand, it's human nature to go, that's what you get and want to laugh at her. It's really sad because she fell for something. She fell for an evil scheme that was done way over her head and she bought the narrative. And I think it's human instinct to buy these narratives at times, unless you're going to be weirdos like you and me that are constantly trying to be skeptical and push against this narrative. Sometimes we are wrong. I understand that. But when it's the facts just keep piling up to be, don't think I'm wrong on this. So there, no, I there, mean, look at the look at the amount of injury like I covered in that bioweapon. Just mm-hmm. it's off the charts. They said in that document that Walensky had that fifteen percent of the people got injured. Mm-hmm. It's a huge number. When you're talking about how many people took it, the number is astronomical. Yes. Astronomical. It's a catastrophe. So they shouldn't. I mean, in any type of medical thing, if like two or three people die, it's like we got to stop this guy. Something's going on. But this was like crazy. So. You're not wrong. I didn't know the enormity. I didn't anticipate the enormity of it. Mm-hmm. You know, I think we're still, we're still kind of in the let the dust settle phase. But yeah. I think that, I mean, who was it? Uh, Blaylock. Have you ever listened to Blaylock? He's a doctor. No. Really smart guy. I think I played okay. one of his. Then I probably heard it on your deal then. Yeah. Yeah. One of his videos. Yeah. But he said like, once the re- enormity of this, once these women start having kids like thalidomide kids, yeah. uh, then this happens and the families happen. Like, I just read about a guy who was on a second stillbirth. Mm. Well, wait till these people get a clue where it's coming from, that it's not random, right. that these people have put something in there. The next two years are going to be incredible. You're talk, talking a massive shift, tectonic shift, 
in the political system because you can't trust anybody in the government anymore. You can't trust yeah. your health leaders. I don't right. trust any of them anyway. Yeah. Like, I don't trust them anymore. I don't trust you at all. You're all politicized or making money or fascists. I mean, so it's going to be bad. It's going to be bad. Once the, the, the survivors, it's almost going to... I don't, I don't have... You know, I was talking to Chuck Ocelli a couple of days ago. He says, everything you say is like so dark. I said, this is a dark age, man. I wish I could, I wish I could say like everything's a okay and we're in a kind of peaceful stage, but yeah, we have a stolen election and people are getting poisoned and you have an open border with a bunch of rapists. You have pedophile schemes, blackmail schemes going on. Mm-hmm. Like it's, we are not under control, kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's bad. People need to step up and find a spine and wake up. <laughs> Sorry. I have heard at times you sound more optimistic than I do that people will be, let's say, given the justice that we all deserve for them to have happen. But, and I think of, and maybe this isn't an accurate analogy, but I think of the Iraq war and the many, many people that light us into that. And then I look at them now and it's like, they're still have a blue check on Twitter. No one's really gone to prison. No one's been held accountable. There's signs at points during the Trump administration that liberals would put up. Miss George Bush. Yeah, I do. And, you know, this kind of crazy stuff. And then I think, will any of these people be called to the carpet and held accountable for any of this? I'm not sure. And you have at times on on your podcast seem like, oh, I think they could be. And the Pfizer execs. What are your thoughts on that? I think that the the wheels of justice do grind slowly, but they're getting more and more information. Yeah, that's so fair. it's actually becoming a multi jurisdictional informational inquiry. So it's happening in the EU. If you remember when the Pfizer woman got up in front of the EU and said we had to move at the speed of science to get this yeah. marketplace, that went all the way around the world. So it's just effective. And people are watching this other guy from the EU. You got fully redacted papers from Pfizer. So they're what are they covering up? So I think that that information is going out and the outrage is growing. I don't think it's subsiding. So that's fair. Like I said, I think the AG, it's very interesting. So I think it's Schmidt out of Missouri is going to depose Fauci on the 23rd and 24th of this month about his involvement, how much of collusion he had with these tech companies this whole time. Mm -hmm. And this is, this leads to people unnecessary death because there, there's a huge, like I said, information warfare. Who's really telling, has the misinformation or disinformation? Wait till that gets settled in the public mind because they've been lied to. Once they get the facts, certain, then you can yeah. make those movements. I think that all citizens should, in non-corrupt states, if you're not in New York or California, right. you should ask your AG to do an independent inquiry. Ladopo, this guy, um, a lot of courage in Florida, flat out said that yes. the myocarditis had a higher incidence, and they got attacked. He got attacked just like this. Just like that, everybody else got attacked. Mm-hmm. So that's part of their strategy. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but I mean, he had the courage to come out and do it. So it's from the states. So he contradicted this whole narrative forever. So that guy has a backbone. Like I respect yeah, that guy a lot. I'll say. Um, so I would I would encourage people to go. What's going on? Can we get our own information of what really happened mm-hmm. in the state without having politicized statistics, numbers, right? Like that. So I'm hoping for it. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. I think I've heard you talk about, say if there's someone listening to this and they're on our side of this now, or they were skeptical to begin with, but their job made them do it. And it was just a, I'm going to go broke or I get the jab. Isn't there some things that, that you've had on your show as far as recommendations of, look, it's dangerous. 
of course, these bad things, myocarditis, heart failure, Bell's palsy could happen. But here's some options to possibly fight those kind of reactions. Yeah, I think it's the FLCCC. They've got some it, stuff. Yeah, they have a protocol people can take. Okay, they recommend it. Like a lot of a lot of ivermectin. But I would look. I would just uh, Google the FLCCC protocol, and I'm trying to remember what the name of that. Corey was the doctor who heads that. Okay, but there's actually an interesting thing that's happening is that a lot of these doctors who were naysayers um, are coming together, so they're creating kind of a new. Oh. Hopefully, a, like a, it's called the wellness company, I think is what it's called. So they're trying to come together and actually break the biofascist order, the current biofascist order. So I think you're going to see, and that's a, that's a promising, you know, something to be optimistic about is these guys who are not bought and sold by Big Pharma right. uh, are actually trying to provide good health care to people. But good yeah, on. the FLCCC thing is, is uh, the protocol. I think that those are legit doctors and they're they have a bunch of things you can do. I think that McCullough said like there's only 15% were injured. There's a mm-hmm. lot of weird things with the whole, with the shot where it was at like 70 Celsius, like negative 70 yeah. Celsius. So if it ever lost that, how cold it was, it lost its potency. So that might be a helpful thing. But mm-hmm. they were people were confer- convert, coerced and forced. I don't believe that. They had a choice. If you're going after somebody's job, like that's what they knew. Yeah. Go after right. somebody's money. They don't have a choice. You don't yeah. have a choice. Yeah. That's baloney. And there are already some people saying they're already going to say you had a choice. You don't have a choice. If you don't bring home money or do something for your family, your whole relationship with your family could be mm-hmm. in, mm-hmm. reputation, all that stuff. So they went after people's underbelly, you know, the weak underbelly, which is most people live paycheck to paycheck. Yeah. So these are monsters. So this is the most evil people since World War II. They're literally in the United States, and they're in other countries too. Mm-hmm. But once people realize how bad it is, it's going to be rough. It's going to be rough for the people who did it. Like, I, yeah. I, there you go. I don't know what their plans are. They're just going to try to lie their way out of it. Yeah. That's kind of what happened after like a lot of these happened in World War II is they, they, knew, some, they knew that justice was on its way. They started trying to negotiate, change their stories. These guys have all changed their stories. Burks came out and said, yeah, maybe yeah. we should push vaccines too far. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We never said that there was transmission. Yeah. We never said it would stop transmission. There's Their stories are changing now, which indicates they're nervous. Somebody's nervous. Yeah. And even this push for amnesty seems by major corporate media publications. To me, it's like, that's interesting timing. Why is it? Because people are wising up to this stuff at this point. You know, the dust is settling. Yeah. You worry now. Yeah, it's, it's fascinating. A, Go ahead. Look, there's a really good website I would recommend with very informative, knowledgeable people writing on there. It's called the Brownstone Institute. Yeah. And it kind of formed after, if you already know, but just for your listeners, yep. it just formed after this whole event where people could get together and compare notes. And they're sophisticated people, like really, I think, well-meaning and good authors. A guy just came out with a book, Curiosity, about the bio. Ohio State or whatever. Uh, he writes on there as well. That would be a good guest. Yeah. Um, he just published a book November 1st. Um, but Brownstone Institute, I recommend people go there and they can get, people are looking at different parts of this whole tangled web and like good. getting strands and figuring out what happened when and who yeah. was doing this and what are the connections. And I think the Brownstone Institute is one of those places where you can get, of course, also Substack, a lot of the Substack articles are really great. Um, but Brownstone's a good place for people who want to read and kind of see what people are writing about. Yeah, social media 
the internet in general, it's such a double-edged sword because there's so much evil pushed through and so much censorship and, and horrible ideas put out there. But there's a lot of good to be found too. And I think that's always a wonderful thing. Obviously, shows like yours, documentaries like yours and, and the Brownstone Institute and whatnot. Let me ask you this, a couple things before we go. Are you optimistic at all about the near future? I mean, I, I don't know. There's very strange things happening. I'm not optimistic about this book, this whole event. I think they're setting the stage for another fraud like 2020. Mm-hmm. So they're saying, oh, these these deniers and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so I think I'm not optimistic about what's going to happen November 8th. And then, you know, you just go back. I've, I've done stuff on the Civil War and you just go back and it's like, all you need is like a certain amount where people aren't going to take it anymore. Yeah. Like you have to have legitimacy. That's why you have a vote. I mean, this is like elementary stuff. You have a vote so that the will of the people is reflected in their leaders. Yeah. If your vote is fake, then you just have somebody up there who doesn't belong there. Yeah. I mean, Joe Joe Biden didn't get 81 million votes. I mean, right. that's the biggest preposterous joke or ever been. But it's kind of by like the uh, abuse where you have to believe it kind of, kind of to survive. Okay, boss, yeah, 81 million. Yeah. Um, but so I'm not optimistic about this upcoming vote. I think there'll be massive fraud. Okay. If they can't, somebody wrote online, it was a really good meme, like if they can't count the vote that day, that, that's evidence of fraud on its face, like prima facie evidence, because you should be able to just count the vote in your state or city yeah. the same day or whatever. So look for fraud. Um, so I'm not optimistic about that. I'm not optimistic about the leadership of the United States. I do think the people are very skilled and talented. They just have to figure out a way to come together about this global agenda that's really Moving forward, the Agenda 2030 mm. is on the blueprint. People are following the blueprint. So, and it's coming out of these very old line families, the WEF, Agenda 21. Yeah. So that came, that people realized that came out of the, out of Switzerland before it went to China. Mm-hmm. And so you're up against very powerful forces that I think are against the massive 99% of humanity. Yeah. And uh, I think until people realize that, we're in trouble. He kind of goes back to Kubrick's Eyes Wide Shut. Go watch that. It's all about the elite having like secret uh, not only like having these occult rituals, but also treating the rest of the people like pawns, suiciding people, killing people, forcing people, imposition uh, their will and gaslighting them as well. Yeah. So I think that's still an important film. Kubrick's film. I think he was trying to tell us something, but I think that uh, that's really where we're at. The, who was it? It was uh, Mark. I think Estulin was the writer who wrote about one of these groups in Europe. But he said the New World Order is just the old world order. Mm-hmm. So it's these old world order families that really just kind of come together mm-hmm. and uh, try to decide in a very evil and paternalistic way what's good for the rest of us. So yeah, I think that people just have to realize that that really is the truth. It's not a conspiracy. It's a conspiracy, but on their part, yeah, <laughs> right. It's a conspiracy against uh, the human race. That's actually yeah. a Legati book. He's also another OTO yeah. member. But uh, if you watched and liked True Detective, there's a lot of Legati in that. Mm-hmm. And the conspiracy of human race was actually deliberately barring from us. I wouldn't say it was ripped off or anything, but uh, anyway, I do think that there's a conspiracy against the human race and against humanity. And I think it's really just about keeping them on top. I mean, think about what happened over the last three years. All these people got richer. Yeah. I think exactly. Bill Gates said his return on investment on vaccines was like 10 to 1. Yeah. So his investment increased 10 times. They all right. got richer. Go look at their numbers. Yep. Um, the rest of the, the rest of us got screwed. Nobody benefited. 
Yeah. Whole families were annihilated, destroyed, sick people. Um, so when you think about the dark depths of it, someone might say, I just can't see how he would do that. And it's like, you can't see how you would do it because you wouldn't. He's not thinking like you think. Well, said, that's, yeah. that's unfortunately <laughs> true and different. If you need a lesson in human evil, go back and just read about World War II. Yeah. Look at what happens when people get involved in that. They get mind controlled. Nazi Germany. I mean, I'm not very sympathetic to the German people, but they were really controlled by their government to like, hey, everybody else is the bad guy. We're the noble, great ones. You know? Yeah. So we can justify this stuff. Well, the um, communists certainly plowed through a lot of Orthodox Christians and made you know, martyrs do. out of a lot of them. Is about as brutal as it gets. Torture. They, they went yeah. after whole monasteries and just yes. tortured yeah, these it's, hapless guys who really were not, not a threat. They were an ideological threat. They, they, correct. It's really an interesting story. And you, I mean, you can watch how these communist systems in, in Russia and yeah, really all over the place, China, they just went after the next uh, resistance and just killed them all off. It's yeah. off the charts. Go watch what Mao did. Like yeah. Some people think he's a hero. He's a serial <laughs> killer. He's a mass murderer. He just went off the next one. Okay. Yeah. Confucianism, gone. Wipe them out. Yeah. So you know, that's a really a lesson in human evil. It's usually an it ideology is. that pre- yeah. precedes that. So these guys have their own elite ideology. Yeah. It justifies themselves. They think they're better than everybody. Yes. Their money makes them better. You're peasants. And this is part of the power dynamic. Yeah. I am better than you. I can tell you what to do. And then I can also make decisions for your life. Yeah. And that's just an expression of my power because that's my ideology of power. It's not about. Yeah. Secret knowledge. I have secret knowledge. Gnosticism goes way back. This, what a fun, cheery note to end on. Let's at least plug your work because that's fun and enjoyable. So we'll do that. Anything you'd like. Yeah, my books are available. You can go to my website, William Ramsey Investigates, if you're interested about Alistair Crowley, West Memphis 3, Smiley Face Killers. I've done stuff on that. There's some really, we're living in the days of Noah. I'm sorry, I wish I wasn't the case. So I've written about that. Five documentaries. If you're a more visual learner, you can watch those on Vimeo. I'm going to transfer those over to my uh, website so I don't have to have anything to do with PayPal, just an evil company too. I mean, just total people. And then um, all of my interviews are, you can find it on any podcast distributor, Spotify, yep. iTunes. I recommend Spotify, but you can go to iTunes or any podcast addict and hear me drone on on all kinds of subjects. But I have some really great guests. I've been very fortunate. I've had... Mm-hmm. Some really good authors who kind of come on. I've had a guy from San Francisco, Frank Balzoni, who's like homicide detector, uh, detective for so many famous murder cases and stuff like that. But uh, that was one of my more recent ones. But uh, that's about it. You can get my stuff on Kindle and Amazon where you can get some copies of William Ramsey Investigates. Excellent. I'll link to all of that stuff in the show notes page for this episode. William Ramsey, thanks, man. Thanks for being here. It's been awesome. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for the invite. Yes, sir. Well, what did you think? Will this episode last on YouTube? That is the question. I think we probably know the answer, but thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. Like I said at the beginning, if you want to get on that $5 and up level of Patreon, patreon.com slash counterflow, that will get you a Zoom call once a month. And I don't mean a one-on-one Zoom call. I think I mentioned it up top. We'll get all the people on one Zoom call if they can do it that night and do a Q&A. Maybe I'll have a guest. Maybe we'll just chat back and forth. I think that would be really cool. And I want to show you guys who support me like that. I got to give you some value other than just this podcast and my YouTube page, which you better go to. It's YouTube. You can just search Counterflow with Buck Johnson. You'll find it. 
And counterflowpodcast.com is the website. I've got an Instagram page, by the way, for just this podcast. I'm a boomer. I'm really not, but I am with technology. If you're on Instagram, just search counterflow. I think it's counterflow podcast 2022, something like that. Anyway, I've been getting some followers. So trying to get that going as well. And until next week, y'all have a good one. See ya. You get split in fucking half. Like on the hologram graph. But I am the center inside the placenta of math. You clash with cyanide gas and die fast. Rhythmical equivalent of solids, liquid and gas. We smash a science with the power of Lord Titus. But I am the virus inside of the iris of Cyrus. Like the sound of the Counterflow podcast? Our audio production is provided by Podsworth Media. Check them out at podsworth.com.